Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And a happy new year. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and you've come for the wrestling, but you stay for the smooth sexual chocolate that is my voice. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure-hunting warrior. He's the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia and the Sid to my Shawn Michaels. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? I, I'm sworn to say who's the man or I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> you got to say creepy. who's the man or, or you, you could say you're the master and ruler of the podcast. I wouldn't be using the word master when you say your voice is sexual, but that's never mind. Uh, move on. Uh, that, that's a different kind of master, but either way. Uh, well, if anybody saw the title of the video and you've been hearing recent podcasts, you're like, do they know what the hell they're talking about when they mention their schedule? And clearly, I don't. Because no, they. I don't. I, I just. Well, I, I watch what you tell me to watch. So, yeah, you're like, oh, well, yeah, I, you got it down. I you're like, what's the schedule? All right, cool. And. Uh, for me, though, I made the this is the first time I've actually ever made this boo boo. So if you were expecting Final Resolution 2011, good news. Uh, we already did that show back on episode 81. So if you go back through the archives, it is there. So you can hear us talk about that and review the show. So, uh, you know, uh, don't don't uh, dismay. I, I don't know who who is all like Woohoo, Final Resolution 2011. But, you know. For those of you that oh, were. You could still, still have that. It's just go listen to the archives. Exactly. Just, yeah. and, and good news, you didn't have to wait all this time. We did it like a year ago. So, cool. Uh, but yeah. It makes sense because it's, you know, an even number. It's, what, 20 years at that point? Yeah. You know, I know. OCD, I you are about it, so. I know. I, I should have known with myself. But, you know, I, I didn't think to go back and check. But I started, I got into the very first match of the show. And I'm like, wait a minute. 
this sounds very familiar. Wait a second. And I started going through my, because I save all of my notes. And I'm like, ah, we did this one. <laughs> so it, uh, yeah. And then I went back through our archives. I'm like, yep, there it is. Episode 81. So I'll be fair. Yeah. I guess I should have known too, but I hadn't watched it back yet. Ah, uh, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, we, we've done it. So if you need some more TNA, we've got a ton of TNA in our archives and we've got more coming up in the next year so stay tuned and uh, of course go check out the archives on youtube and wherever you get your favorite podcasts it would be greatly appreciated and uh spread the love tell everybody you know about us because uh we do a lot of this stuff so we're the best it, and in the next year we're going to be covering even more so far we've done wwe uh eight uh wcw nwa ecw we did one uwf event a lot of T- <laughs> TNA, and uh, we did All In 2018. So, and and I, I, we've even done some uh, some real bonus material with talking about the NWO's run in WWE. Uh, Kevin Nash, or rather Diesel, in 1995. I want to say there were some others that are slipping my mind right now, but y- you guys can go back through the archives. You know how to do all that. But in the coming year, we're going to branch out a little bit and uh, talk about some some other stuff uh see see how that does and see if you guys are liking it but yeah today you you've been champing at the bit for this one man you're like oh we got we you got to put it on the schedule man we got to do it's time the bad so, ones are usually the good ones though yeah so it is is uh oxymoronic <laughs> as that sounds that is correct <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. It's um, it's it's an interesting show, to say the least. I, I'll say this: I was expecting something way worse. Uh, okay, I was gonna say, this is not as bad in hindsight as I feel like I remember it being. Yeah, of course. Right. At the time, I'm a little, it was 1995, right? 96? Uh, six, 96. Six. I'm 12 years old. Uh, I, I everything <laughs> WWE does, they can do no wrong in my eyes. I'm 12 years old. Uh, so I probably loved it back then. Mm-hmm. And now I look back at it, the results, I'm like, ah, it's probably sucked. And then I'm watching, like, this wasn't that bad. Now, certainly yeah. it's not great, but it's not that yeah, bad. Yeah. We've seen no, I, We've done way worse. We will do way worse. Of course. <laughs> uh, I'm glad but, we're on the same wavelength, wavelength with that. I didn't think we would be, honestly. Yeah, because, well, you had built it up like we were about to watch, you know, some of the crappiest crap that ever crapped. And I was like, ah, man, this is going to suck. And I, and I don't retract that, but it just like, I, looking back at it, I was just looking at the results. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what we're doing. It's garbage. Yeah, yeah. You kind of change your opinion when you're watching it back. You know? there, there are certainly some reasons that I will get into that why this show was not good. But, uh, you, know, bad. I'm, you know, bad, not good. Not big league, uh, but either way, yeah. I, I like I said, it, it could have been worse. We have reviewed way worse. All right, that UWF show that I mentioned that was that <laughs> and, was and one more crap. time. I'm going to say it. We will cover worse still to come. <laughs> exactly. I'm so. looking at the schedule you gave me for next year, and I'm like, oh, that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I don't know if specifically which one you're talking about, but uh, we'll get to it. <laughs> it's a it's a file you sent me a long time ago that's not complete, and there's one on there for next year. I not necessarily oh, January okay. next year, and I'm like <laughs> oh god, I mean that yeah. literally. Good god, help me. 
<laughs> well, hey, spoiler alert, we will cover ECW next year. So there's that. Uh, we're through with ECW for the year 2022. So uh, thank God for that. But either way. Uh, it's uh, Paul Heyman. So, like, David? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, right. Uh, well, hey, either way. Uh, we are uh, all about uh, inclusion here. So Jewish, Christian, whatever. Baptist, yeah. uh, Buddhist, like, everything. Uh, I'm not going to name them all. I got time. Nor do I know them all. <laughs> right. Well, uh, I think we should get into the news and notes because I, I didn't know there was so much going on in 96. Some of it is interconnected. Some of it's just kind of like, uh, wow, that's kind of all over the damn place. But we'll get into it. And uh, we've got a few segments that we haven't touched on in at least a few weeks, if not a month or so. So we'll get to those. All right. But uh, first... We're going to pause right quick to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They're clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code main event marks. That is all one word to get 15% off your order. It's main event marks all one word for 15% off your order. Now we're done with all of that. We are going to take our first break. And on the other end of this, we're going to bring you the news and notes. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram, both at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. It's that time of year where the Christmas holiday is upon us. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. And that means you should check out our merchandise store over at bonfire.com forward slash store forward slash main event marks. There's variations on the main event marks podcast official logo, quotes and sayings from the show, and more. We've even got a Christmas theme design. But we didn't forget about our Jewish listeners celebrating Hanukkah. I'm Jewish. You can get you or your loved ones some great designs on t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, and more. They make great gifts to yourself or for Christmas and Hanukkah. Jewish! Go to bonfire.com forward slash store forward slash main event marks and get yourself the official merchandise of the main event marks podcast. We do take requests, so hit us up on social media for more merch and have yourself a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, or a happy Hanukkah. And a happy new year. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I 270 and MD 85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1 800 Gambler. Hey, I get it. 
I used to be the one planning my day around finding a bathroom and living in fear of an accident. I tried the pills and pads, but they just weren't working for me. If you're living like I was, it's time to find an expert physician and ask them about Axonics therapy. It's not another drug, it's an advanced therapy that is proven to provide lasting relief for overactive bladder. Still not sure? You can even try it first to make sure it works for you. You're not alone and you don't have to put up with this anymore. You just have to take the first step towards finding real relief. Visit findrealrelief.com to find a bladder specialist. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event, Marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me. Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg... He told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Just to let you know, the main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form to mix into your water. You can either choose the green apple or watermelon boxes. If you want to try both, you can get the sample kit. Use our link in the podcast description or simply go to shockedenergy.com. At checkout, use our promo code MAINEVENT. That's all one word to save 10% off your order. That's promo code MAINEVENT to save 10% at checkout. Also, if you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee brand coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well. At Coffee Brand Coffee, their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. Click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. It is news and notes time. Waiting on the crack. There you go. <laughs> well, that sounded bad, but you get what, just, you get uh, what I mean. This is fine. <laughs> Waiting on the crack. I just got that. 
uh, it's positive energy, zero sugar, popping orange, natural clean energy. That's the whole title. Dollar positive Tree special energy. Positive energy. That's uh. There's no well, sugar in it. There you go. It's not that bad. It's not I bad was, actually. I'll say that's uh that's a pretty original name for a uh for an energy drink. I like it. Do- yeah, Dollar Store special by the way. Getting into the WWF to start off here. WWF is essentially turning the Royal Rumble into a joint WWF Triple A show. Uh, no, they're not. Uh, a bit, but yeah. Not, a couple not, of entrances, not a crossover. It's not a crossover. It's just a guest appearance. But yeah, I want to say, I want to say they had what ten out of thirty. Which I mean, I I know. Wait, was it ten? I don't remember being that many. I, I could be completely wrong on that, but I, I know there was heavy metal, Mil, uh, Mil Mascaris, which I don't think he was triple A. He was just, you know, a luchador legend. Uh, there's Paraguayo. Paraguayo was there? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Piroff, uh, Cybernetico. I ran out of names. There might be more, but. Uh, uh, are we counting the minis too? Uh, real title folks, don't get on me for that. That's what they called them. Were they in because an actual Rumble match? They're not in a Rumble match. Well, the, a match on the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if that was AAA or if that was WWF or what. Because I know there for a while they tried to have a minis division. Didn't go. And they tried multiple times, actually. I know. I, I don't. They were at WrestleMania three, so it goes back a ways. Like, I, I can't fault them for that completely because it's like, hey, you're getting them work, and I'll, some of them really could work. Like, uh, seen Hornswoggle. Uh, Hornswoggle was. He's good. one of the bigger names on the independent scene, and people might laugh at that, but he really is. People love yeah. that guy. So El Torito was good. He could work. Um, was it was it something Nova or whatever? I can't remember. There's a show we covered not too long ago. Where it was like uh, there was yeah, a guy named El Torito, but he was mini Vader uh, taking on this other guy. I can't Max Max Mini. Was that it? Probably Max. It had to be Max Mini. It's only Max I know. But yeah, that it, was probably. <sighs> 1996 at some point, so it was something we did this year, probably. Yeah, most likely. Um, but the match itself was not like fantastic, but Max Mini could work. So that was. Oh, I think you and I both agreed that the guy playing El Torito was not good. But you know, we have, some of them could go, some of them could not. But either way, uh, the, the problem part- is they're used as a comedy act a lot, and that's really unfair because we've seen them at. We, like we just said, we've seen them go before, and they're not bad. Right. And, well, and that's the one thing I'll say about the match that they put on was they had comedy spots, but it wasn't necessarily a comedy match. Yeah, but in so, hindsight, you know, even like, a, you know, I don't, I don't want to offend anybody. What's the word? You know, just taller people. Full, full even grown, taller, yeah. taller people have had comedy in matches. So is that really fair? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, I mean, it is what it is, but. Either way, uh, the undercard dark matches will all be AAA matches and won't air on pay-per-view, but are okay, there... Okay, to- then, I, then I will stand corrected on what I said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, are there to help them try to fill up the 71,000-seat Alamo Dome. Four pure AAA matches are scheduled for the show, and some of them will appear on the TV pre-show. One of them may appear on the actual card, and at least four of AAA's stars are scheduled to be in the Rumble match itself. Uh, I mentioned, I think I just mentioned four of them, uh, or five, four or five of them off the top of my head. Anyway, 
despite being close to the border, AAA has never been able to draw in San Antonio, and mixing their matches into a WWF show probably won't help them draw the Latino fans that they're hoping for. Uh, even in hot, city, uh, hot cities in California, Latino fans don't come out to see Mexican wrestlers on WCW's house shows there either. Pause real quick. I mean, most of the luchadors on WCW shows were not positioned to be anything special. They were just, oh, yeah, we got, you know, cruiserweight luchadors on the show. Yay. Let me name off the special ones for you. Rey Mysterio, Ultimate Dragon. Ultimate Dragon yeah. is like Mexican, by the way. Right. <laughs> every once in a while, you could throw in one like uh, they were doing every once in a while. They do something with La Parca or uh, Psychosis. You know, but they had to dust them off and put them in there. They tried something here and there with um, uh, Silver King, like not very long because he just didn't translate to American crowds, I don't think. Yeah. And then if, if you want to count Eddie and Chavo, Rero, but I don't I don't know if they I guess they'd technically be luchadors. But I mean, they weren't mask wearers. You know what I mean? In, in hindsight, though, Eddie grew no disrespect far surpassed that, though. Oh, well, yeah, of course. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I had heard about this as well. That's like, a, I'm, not were, lie. I'm not a big fan of specific, like, Mex- Mexican wrestling. You know, yeah. I don't go out of my way to watch AAA or anything. Well, I think you it's remember? somewhat of an acquired taste, I think. And I'm not crap oh, on for it. Sure. It gives me any crap. I'm just, it's not my thing. It's the same, same thing with uh, Japanese wrestling. I mean, it's, yeah, right. it's not for everyone. I mean, it, and that's not a knock. I mean, it's just like. Uh, oh, and, and uh, let's be fair. Say something about GCW. I think it's garbage. I hate it, but people <laughs> like it. I mean, it's still going. Yeah. So clearly, again, acquired taste. Yep. Yeah. I. The. It, it, I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna comment on it much further <laughs> than that. I will just say that is correct. <laughs> so. <sighs> yeah, either way, but yeah. Do you remember? A few years ago, AAA claimed that they were going to run Madison Square Garden and then pulled yeah. out after a while. They we're were banking. Yeah. Well, they were banking on because uh, New York has a large Latino community. But Queens, most of them are. Yes. Well, yeah. But most of them are Puerto Rican. I don't think a lot of them care about AAA. And there's not enough and, of them. And Puerto Rico's got their own big thing, too. So. Right. And I don't think enough of them give a damn about Triple A, like specifically. But well, I'm, I, not a, I don't know. I'm not a marketing expert. Um, but uh, I'm just saying that you shouldn't just be going after like your demographic. Like, you know, oh, Triple A, got to get the Mexican demographic. That's all a yeah. horrible way to, to do things. You know, you should be trying to get anybody and everybody. Yeah. Well, they were they were doing it in New York because it was a large area, but they were also hoping that. You know, oh, well, there's a lot of Hispanics here, so, you know, they'll come out for us if nobody else does. Like, uh, not so much. But getting back to the story here, but there's hope that the WWF's huge marketing push in the city, that uh, this may work out better than it has in the past. So far, around 9,000 tickets have been sold, and there's still six weeks to go, which is a good sign. But on TV, WWF is heavily hyping the 71,000-seat capacity of the arena, so even if they manage to sell 30,000 tickets, it would be considered a disappointment considering how hard they've been pushing for 71,000. The total attendance of uh, 60,477 
actually became the highest record live crowd in the Royal Rumble's history, with the 2017 edition of the event held at the same venue being the second largest. And 2023 being held at the same venue. Let's see how big that one does. It's already oh, the it most, is. Oh. It's already the most, uh, I believe they said it's the most bought or sold tickets in Royal Rumble history. Oh, wow. So, By the way, now in the archives, s- Royal Rumble 2017, remember the rumble. That was a good rumble. Uh, twenty or, two, or 1997 was, uh, I mean, it was one that I remember for sure. I, I liked it. I've seen it quite a few times. The first time I ever saw it, because I didn't start watching wrestling until later on in 97, so I missed the rumble. Uh, plus, I didn't order pay-per-views at the time. But the first time I ever saw it was ordering the, or, uh, you know, renting the cassette tape from, like, Blockbuster or whatever the hell. And I think okay, I one, one it. second, one second. Yeah. What is renting? What is a cassette? What is Blockbuster? <laughs> People can go Google this stuff. If you're listening to a retro wrestling <laughs> podcast, then you should, and, and you don't uh, know this stuff, then you just need to, you just need to Google it. All right, because, uh, come on now. But either way. If you're listening uh, you don't know, make like WWF in 2002. Get the F out. Yeah, if she, Bro, if she doesn't know what renting and cassette tapes are, she's too young for you, bro. Good Lord. Well, you know, not wrong. <laughs> uh, she might be one of Leonardo DiCaprio's next girlfriends. Anyway. Or George Clooney, whatever. It's one of those handsome dudes that gets all the little, uh, gets all the young chicks. But... I, think, I think he finally got harpooned, man. How about that? <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. The one, uh, the one that saddled him up was uh, not exactly uh, somebody to kick out of bed for eating crackers. But either way. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> the WWF are keeping their plans for Shotgun Saturday night pretty well guarded. All Uncle Dave Meltzer knows is that it won't be a traditional wrestling show. They've got syndicated deals for the show in about 20 different major markets, but they're even keeping that a secret for now, so Dave doesn't know what cities the show will be airing in. They also aren't revealing where the show will be filmed from yet, other than some nightclub locations in New York City. Allegedly, AAA wrestlers will appear on the debut show. I think they do. You know, I've never seen a single episode of Shotgun Saturday Night. It never aired here. Yeah, I, I know it was. I, I don't know if it aired here or not because it was very, very short lived from what I remember. I do know that eventually it turned into a pre raw taping. So, yeah, they, they, they tried to do like ECW light, it was going to be in dark, small intimate venues and be kind of gritty and whatever, but still somehow overproduced. I, I don't know how that works, but it just, nobody cared. Nobody wanted it. It just I feel like, like it was eh. all a catalyst for Brian Pillman to get back on TV too, as the announcer. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is they couldn't go full ECW. So, you know, they, they still had the WWF standards and at the time they weren't going full attitude yet. So, <laughs> Bruce Pritchard tells a story on the, I think it was the very first episode. Terry Funk was in the main event and Vince, you know, put it all on Bruce. He's like, you know, you, you gotta keep things, you know, uh, you gotta keep things like tight and, and censored and everything. It's, it's all your responsibility. And he's like, all right. And he talked to uh, Terry about it and he said, you gotta, gotta mind your P's and Q's. All right, Pritchard. And then he goes out there, grabs the mic and goes, your mother is a whore. And he said Vince gave Bruce a death glare after that, like, how effing dare you? God dang it. Yeah, put it on him, let that loose cannon just yeah, go right. off. Like, yeah, that's really unfair. Who, not the dude who bailed on you multiple times because his horse was sick. I 
couple things about that. First, I like how uh, Bruce said every time he did that, like Vince just knew he's like, ah, oh, that's Terry. So, you know, he'd get those notes or those messages that Terry bailed and said his horse was sick. And he just, ha, 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 God dang it, pal. All right. Well, where do we go from here? <sighs> it's like, okay. And then the other thing I was thinking of just like, uh, you remember Bruce telling that story about when he, he blamed, uh, Vince blamed Bruce for Goldberg's car effing up. Yeah. And he, and he's like, you just smeared all over the business. <laughs> 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 I'm like, I don't know. Like, I can imagine him saying it sounds like something his TV character would say, but God, like, I could, I could hear him saying that. That'd be hilarious. The WWE, that's what happens when you're a perfectionist, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And he said, You single handedly killed Goldberg's career. And he's like, Huh, awesome. Something that WCW never could do. None of their bookers. I did it in one night. How about that? <laughs> I think the finger poke of doom and the heel turn in 1999 killed his career, but yeah, or was it 2000? 2000, 2000. Yeah. yeah, cattle prod couldn't kill his career, but god dang, Bruce Pritchard, David, brother love, ended Goldberg. God, anyway, the WWF is claiming the buy rate for Survivor Series was a 0.8. It most certainly was not. Even the best independent estimates had it at 0.65 at the highest and probably lower than that. The real number ended up being 0. 0.58. <laughs> That's hot damn. They really overshot that one. Oh, it was, uh, yeah, the, the 0. 0.8. <laughs> like, that's that's like 3 million people more than actually, or, well, not 3 million, but probably like 300,000 more than actually ordered it. <sighs> well, do we know how historic that show would be? <laughs> yeah, right. I, I think a loser debuted do... there. <laughs> Uh, oh, 90 Survivor Series 96? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, that was The Rock. Yeah. I forgot about that. I was thinking 97. I was like, oh, yeah, 97 was historic. I'm like, wait a minute, who debuted? <laughs> I was getting my years mixed up here. Smoothie you the double- calendar, bro? Apparently not. Hey, I, I already effed up before the show started double booking a show, so there you go. Very fair. Uh, <laughs> moving into WCW here. The WCW Nitro episode in Charlotte, North Carolina this week. North Carolina uh, went off the air with (laughs) went off the air with Roddy Piper and Kevin Green fending off the NWO. Uh, After the show went off the air, four Horsemen members Arn Anderson and Steve McMichael came out to a monstrous reaction to run off the NWO. Uncle Dave says it was one of the biggest pops in Charlotte in the last 20 years. So apparently the tape machines were clearly still rolling because this was tacked on to the end of the show on Peacock. Getting so that, uh, getting that Mongo pop in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> not speak ill of any, uh, not speak ill of anybody, but uh, yeah, I don't think uh, Mongo was bringing them. You know, he was drawing the house in Charlotte. But you know, whatever. That uh, and you get some of that Four Horsemen shine on you, man. Like. In, in Charlotte, you'll be a god. Doesn't matter who it is. In case but, you didn't know, he won the Super Bowl in 1985 with the Bears. So I don't know if you yeah, knew that. Right. Or not. Yeah, right. If you, and if you don't know, he's going to bring out uh, Mike Ditka to tell you. Yeah, Lord, it's, that, was, that was driven home. It's like, look, I know you're proud of it. You should be. The 85 Bears were super dominant. But It's just funny how Brady has seven rings. You never really hear him say a word about it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think... Uh, I feel like 
unfortunately, with uh, the condition of Mongo, he might be nearing the end here. Uh, I hope not, but miracles can happen. But, you know, still, he's probably going to talk about like that. That's going to be the thing. Like, I want a Super Bowl in 85. Like, that's going to be emblazoned on his, uh, on his also stone. Guarantee you he wants to be buried with that ring. And you know what? That's not, there's nothing wrong with that, but guarantee he does so. Yeah, right. Uh, but the, I mean, yeah. I would. Yeah, right. Uh, Tom Brady, though, I don't think I don't think on his deathbed he's going to be like, you know, I won seven rings. Like, we know, Dad. <laughs> we have all the tapes. You made us watch them multiple times. Uh, either way, on that same Nitro, they aired a video hinting that Nancy Sullivan was having an affair with Chris Benoit and has left Kevin Sullivan for Benoit. <laughs> no, that would never happen. And how that's going to age. You're right. Benoit said that he was playing human chess and said, quote, my bishop takes your queen, checkmate. Yeah. Uh, maybe in retrospect, I'm not saying she should have stayed with uh, Kevin, but I'm also not saying she should have left him for Benoit. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. man. That's, yeah. Either way, it was bad. Bad. Not good. I'm not, like... I don't know, Kevin. So I, I've heard Kevin Sullivan's a nice guy. I just heard that their relationship was very volatile and uh, there was allegations made of abuse. I, I don't know if any of them were true. I'm just saying allegations. That little made, fool so. could abuse somebody, really? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Can right. you just swat him like a bug? Didn't she watch TV? Hulk Hogan bounced his ass around a cage like a ping pong ball. So there you go. Pinball, I guess. Either way, uh, speaking of luchadors, Rey Mysterio Jr., Psychosis and Juventud Guerrera have all signed contracts with WCW, while several of the other luchadors have signed letters of intent to sign. Once the WWF and AAA started working together, Eric Bischoff panicked and rushed to, to uh, try to get all the luchadors he could signed to deals so that they couldn't show up at the Royal Rumble. I like how you sign a letter of intent to sign. It just makes no sense to me. I think that's one of them. They were probably under a contract with uh, with AAA, I would assume. No, no, uh, or, I totally understand that. It's just like, I want you to sign this, saying that at some point you're going to sign. Why don't you just sign then? <laughs> yeah, I think it was like, it was probably a legal thing where it's like, legally, we're under contract, so we can't, but, you know, we'll make this pinky promise. <laughs> I, I don't know. But this one caught me by surprise in... 1996, David Sammartino, son of Bruno, got a tryout at the latest WCW tapings and looked rusty, but not terrible. That's a nice way of saying sucked. Yeah. Uh, in, like, really? You could bring in David Sammartino in 96. Well, I can't say that. They brought in worse, or at least, yeah, I'll say worse. They, they brought uh, in Scott, Scott Putzky? That was the one I was going to name. There you go. <laughs> If you're going to sign the legends of uh, the sons of legends of yesteryear, <laughs> you're going down the list. Scott Putzky is probably the the worst. I would probably sign Bruno or excuse me, David before him. So, uh, but yeah, everybody talked about. It. They said he tried really hard, and Bruno tried really hard to make him a thing, and it's just uh, he wasn't Bruno, and he wasn't. He was just like he was okay. It wasn't great. Yeah, that's very unfair too, but yeah, I, I mean, I, but I get it. That's the stigma you get, though. You know, when you follow your yeah. father. Hey, there for a while in the WWF, he was uh, 
Bruno San Martino Jr., I think. And then they're like, ah, he's David. Why? Braun Breaker is Braun Breaker, not Braun Steiner. Yeah, right. I'm just saying, there's a reason. And he's doing well. Right. I think at this point, he's he's, uh, surpassed his father, I'll say that. He's... As far as stardom, I mean, Scott, whether, you know, we can argue all day about, you know, his ups and downs and whether he's good on the mic, whatever, you know, that doesn't matter. But he was still a big star. So, yeah. Ron. And you know where he went to school, right? Uh, I'm not even going to talk about that. But <laughs> Ron, I don't oh, know where on. the hell Braun Breaker went. I don't, I don't know if he went to school. Uh, I think I want to say Baltimore or something like that. Oh. Or was he playing with the Ravens? Something like oh, that. Did he, didn't go to did he play pro that. ball? I think he tried out or something. didn't work out or something like that. Oh, okay. I was about to say, it's like, I didn't know he played. Uh, but... played, in, played in college, though. That's where the breaker came from. Because breaker is what they said he was when he broke through the uh, offensive line. Huh. And... Okay. Well, oh, yeah. All that out of the that he saddled him with is his name, by the way. So just something for fun for the little band boys. A little dude, he did this. No, they didn't. He did. Idiots. <laughs> the only thing I'll say, yeah, well, that, yeah, most of the time, because they said that. Who, who else was that? They were like, "Well, they, you know, it sucks that they gave so and so such a stupid name, and it was it was a female." She was like, "Yeah, I picked it." Uh, was it recently <laughs> Mia Yim with Meechin? No, it was because that is her name on up, up, down, down. So there's that. Right. No, this was uh, somebody else. I can't remember who it was. They gave her. <sighs> I'd have to look it up, but. Yeah, they they have somebody a, a kayfabe name, and she's like, "I picked it for myself, thanks." Oh, it was um, <laughs> it was uh, Taya Valkyrie, Frankie. Something. Oh yeah, Frankie Monet. Yeah, yeah. 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 She said it. she picked it. That's, yeah. I it also applies know. to Alexa Bliss's theme, by the way. I can't believe they saddled her with that. She says, "Well, I wrote it, and my husband it performs it." So yeah, they didn't saddle me with anything. <laughs> but hey, is that a, right? A little stories. <laughs> Is that a brand new theme that she has, or she's been using it since she came back? Oh, okay. I haven't, I haven't heard too much theme music. Some like even when I look it up, so, like on YouTube or something like that, to try to hear it more clearly. Sometimes it's it's hard. It's like you can tell sometimes that it's new, but they're obviously the ones that you know you you know just by the sound of it right away, like Seth Rollins and uh, Roman Reigns. <laughs> anyway. Uh, they're planning to add more members to the NWO in order to have enough wrestlers to fill a one-hour NWO show each week. Ugh. How many times have we covered this story throughout the whole year of this? <laughs> right. We know it never comes to fruition. Yep. Part of me wonders if it was ever even being talked about. This is all just made up. I think it, I think Bischoff talked about it. I mean, he... No, I mean, I'm sure it was. It's like, ironically, it's like, all you do is mention it. Right. It, it never happened. So did you even talk about it? Yeah, well, that's because because uh, I know Bischoff had said he like his full intent was to have a full NWO show. So he wanted to have enough people to fill it. Uh, and I was it's like, uh, OK, so I mean, like, I guess that's an explanation for this. But at the same time, like, dude, really? Ugh, yuck. Like, well, keep in mind here. I feel like it would have been due from Jump Street no matter what. Right. Well, here you go. This week they added Mr. Wall Street, and in uh, recent Saturday night tapings, Scott Norton came out in an NWO shirt with the NWO music, so he's going to be joining soon also. 
Uncle Dave says that it makes the NWO less cool and exclusive when you start adding lower card guys like that in. Wouldn't you know who won the pony? Well, Scott Norton won I get. He was a still is a megastar in Japan. Well, that one I yeah, I can excuse that one. But Wall Street? What the that hell? One, that one made zero cent. You want to and well, this guy? I mean, Ted DiBiase was there. IRS was this guy, but still, I'm with you. It made no sense. But I mean, there was a reason. And for people who don't know who Mr. Wall Street was. It, and he later became VK Wall Street because, you know, Vincent Kennedy. Ha ha. We're, you know, taking a stab at Vince. Holy uh, crap. I didn't realize that. That's what the VK was. Yep. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. That's. Uh, oh, yeah. That's that today's years old. There you go. Yep. But anyway. Yeah. So uh, he was IRS or Mike Rotunda, whatever you want to call him. But yep. There you go. Because nothing screams cool like Mike Rotunda. There was a little uh, uh, plot hole, I guess that's the word, with, with that. I don't know if you ever remember this, but like, okay, he joined the NWO, right? Like, there was an episode of Nitro or Bischoff came out, said, uh, you have like 30 days to turn your contracts in NWO contracts or whatever. Buff Bagwell comes out, he does it. Uh, a couple other people do it too. Later on, we see uh, Big Bubba, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Wall Street come out and do it, and then like a couple weeks later, JJ Dillon says, "Well, okay, you know Buff Bagwell, okay, he changed his contract, that's fine." Said VK Wall Street, he didn't do it in time, so he can't be in the NWO. And like later on, like before this and later on, guys, as you just basically said, kind of joined at will, didn't need to convert contracts or anything. But in this instance, they had to. It wasn't in time, so you can't be the NWO because you didn't. It made no sense to me. It still doesn't even explain it right now. Yeah, <sighs> right. That's really effing stupid. Like going on uh, that lot, did Hulk Hogan change his contract in NWO? Did Macho Man? Did the Giant? You know, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm using logic here. I know, I shouldn't, but... How dare you? <laughs> uh, well, the other... <sighs> the other thing I was thinking, and, and you, you just mentioned him, and not to crap on this guy, because I'm a fan of him, but it was stuff he was saddled with in WCW. Uh, you know, nothing screams NWO cool like Big Bubba. I wanted to he worked for the corporation. I thought he was perfect with them as their muscle, as their tough. I didn't yeah, get right. that here. Yep. He was just kind of know. like... Oddly enough, too, when he was like the muscle of the corporation, he lost like 100 pounds and looked amazing. Here, he looked like a legitimate bouncer guy. He knew anything. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. When he, was in, when he was in NWA in his first run in uh, WCW, or, or uh, WWF, I mean, sorry, uh, he was quite a large man. And like, you know, gut-wise. Gut like, I would uh, even, close to being morbidly obese. Yeah, well, because... Everybody saw, like, if if anybody goes back to our last, uh, one of our last podcasts, uh, Starcade 87, he was uh, pretty damn big, man. I was like, wow, I forgot he was that large. And, but, you know, he, uh, he slimmed way the hell down, especially by the time he reached uh, WWF the second time when he was uh, the SWAT man. He was enforcing McMahon's law. Yeah, he looked but amazing. Yeah, I know. I was like, wow, can't believe that's the same guy. But, you know, whatever. Uh, something that wasn't amazing, apparently, is uh, Hulk Hogan. Oh, is out, man. So. 
Hulk Hogan is now selling something called Thunder Mixers, which are basically just really cheap blenders. Okay. I have never heard of that in my life. Did you ever uh, see the story about that? Like he missed the call or something for the Foreman grill? George Foreman got it? Yeah, I had, he tells that story. Uh, a lot of people dispute whether or not that's even effing real. I, I don't know either, but I'm just... It's funny. Yeah. Uh, as much as I love Hogan, George Foreman's more of a household name. So... Yeah. He claims that was, you know, supposed to be his brother. Like, sure. Well, you know, the, I guess it didn't work for him. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and the George Foreman grill went on to be huge. People this day are buying them. I was, yeah, was going to say, still, it was huge. Yeah, right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, getting away from all that, this is a uh, non-big two, three, whatever. Uh, three months ago, AWF announced plans for national TV syndication. Now they appear to be on their last legs. All the Sorry, stations. What? Uh, what I, AWF. I'll actually talk about that here in a minute. Sorry, I thought uh, you said AWA. I'm like, what the hell year are we in? Okay. I, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, either way, all the stations that they had syndication deals with have now been told that the AWF is basically out of money and will no longer be paying for syndication, which led to almost all of the stations canceling the show immediately. All future shows Ouch. have been canceled. So the uh, writing is on the wall. This actually was it for them. So that's the American... Sucks. Yeah, it kind of does, yeah. But the American Wrestling Federation, AWF, was a professional wrestling federation founded by Paul Apperstein, who I'm going to take a wild stab and say he's Jewish, uh, was active. Oh, from, I don't know. I don't want to assume. Yeah. Uh, he was active from 1994 to 1996. No idea it lasted that long. Promotion was I, based this, in. I'm today's years old. I'm hearing about this. Unless I, I forgot all about it or something. I've never heard oh. of this. So I'll give I'll give some references here after this. <laughs> uh, but uh, the AWF used uh, or excuse me, it was. Well, first of all, it was based in Chicago, Illinois, but held shows in many other eastern states of the U.S. The AWF used the European wrestling format of timed rounds, four minute rounds with judges and points in the vein of boxing matches. Oh, Another God. rule. Yeah, it's not so bad. <laughs> kind of like that. Uh, what the hell was that title? They had an impact for a while. Oh, yeah. You know, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I just forget the name of it. Yeah, perfect. But the, the belt looked cool. I just like the rules were effing stupid. But uh, anyway, another rule implemented was that the that uh, throwing opponents over the top rope resulted in an automatic disqualification. Yeah, we hadn't seen that before. Yeah, well, their whole thing. First of all, they had it. They had like a lot of legends in there, like Sergeant Slaughter and Tito Santana was their world champion and whatever. He was like their. Oh, draw sign my ass up. Yeah, I like I like Tito Santana. I thought he was a great wrestler and I I, I feel like he was underappreciated a lot. But it's Tito and Santana. He's not exactly a huge draw, even with a Latino community. And he was like their draw. He was their guy. And it's like, really? Okay, I'm sorry. Hulk Hogan. We got to jump to the end here. Okay, he he was their guy and it's folding. That's all. Yeah. (laughs) yep Uh, what do i need to say but they were very into they were heavily american and and old school and all this other stuff it's like ah cool whatever and what i was going to reference everybody 
is wrestling with regret has a uh, has a video on the AWF and he Brian Zane runs it down real good and he t- in, in, sorry hell yeah <laughs> and he talks about how much they drive home about all oh, you know finally there are rules in wrestling that will be obeyed and whatever and and they just yeah. kept driving and finally and they kept driving home the F and the rules. Oh, it's, it's, it's all about the rules and whatever. And he's like, yeah, that's, you know, because when I tune into a wrestling show, that's what I'm really looking for is the rule book. And he's like, <laughs> you know, you got WCW and WWF out there running wild. And he's like, what do you got? You got, you got wrestling and extreme rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, God. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like nobody gave a damn, clearly. That sounds eerily like uh, control your narrative. Yeah, except control your narrative's rules were like, uh, there's only one rule. There are no rules. It's just like, except, they, except they hammer, there are rules. <laughs> they hammer home their whole whole thing. You know, that's like, it's yeah. different, but it's not. Right. Why can't you just point. be there? I mean, not even AEW did that when they launched. It just launched to be a wrestling company. When you're like, in the fight pit, here are the rules. Like, right. first of all, don't call it the effing fight pit. <laughs> like, I That's don't know. so played out, dude. I'm so sick of you in the fight. I mean, okay, you had the match with Riddle and Seth. It was good. It was great. I loved it. But right. again, the name's so contrived and so played out, man. <sighs> yeah, that's be- well, that's become Riddle's match, I think, because... Yeah, uh, and, he, and he owns it, and he's great. He's only one and one in it, but he still... You know, kind of like the ladder match being Jeff Hardy's match, but right, you know, or like, but the yeah, name is so, with Undertaker, right? Name so contrived though. It's like I know White Pit. Who the who is the guy Thatcher Timothy Thatcher? That was it. That's who he faced. I, I had to think about it for a second, but yeah, it's I don't know. They were they were like so heavily into oh nobody in wrestling follows rules anymore. It's like I get it, but like now is not the time. Like when Ring of Honor started doing that, it was like, okay, we saw the attitude era that's been played out and, you know, every everybody else is closed down. Now here comes Ring of Honor and they have rules and actual like European style wrestling and that kind of stuff. So when he counts to the outside, which I don't get. Yeah, that one doesn't make any sense to me because like if it's like I know in Japan they do that, but they count like really quickly, like one, two. Three, and that's like it's the same. Like it all adds; it, it's going to add yeah. up to the slow ten count. But either way, uh, well, here is a segment we have not done in a while, but this is the perfect episode to do this in. <clears throat> well, it is. What's going on in Mexico? <laughs> okay, uh, I thought you were going to say ECW, but this is fun too. Let's go. Well, hold on for that one. That's, I, uh, I have a feeling it's 1997. You better have one. I'd be really oh, yeah. mad. Okay. Yeah. No, we actually have we have one that's going to make you go, uh, of course. <laughs> cool. Some of the stories in that, I was like, I'm writing them down. Like, I'm transcribing them, and I'm like, holy God. <laughs> but Ironically, way. I don't think they believe in God. But anyways, let's go. <laughs> uh, oh. Paul Heyman says, I believe in the Jewish God, sir. I'm sure, I'm sure he did. I mean, the guy's committing the violence, but yes. Oh, well, yeah. 
I will have you know I wear this cross around my neck every night, and I still don't believe in it. <laughs> ah, whatever. Anyway, getting into this, though. Uh, the latest on the Vampiro Conan situation is that Vampiro feels that it's better for his image to not work with Conan because he's trying to build a career as an actor and musician outside of wrestling. Uh, yeah. I Okay, I will say... Oh, did... so Conan's working on a thing outside of wrestling music? No, uh, Vampiro. Uh, okay, sorry. Because like Conan actually makes some uh, songs in WCW, if you remember. I think he does all the Filthy Animal songs, which kind of makes sense. Huh. Uh, hmm. That one I did not know. I do know, hmm. I think Vampiro did do some work in like a punk slash grunge band, whatever. I know. Yeah, I have no problem believing that. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, he also tried to be a rapper later on, but like he was losing his hearing. So he just kind of gave up halfway through recording, which, you know, I mean, that sucks for him. But OK, sorry. But um, he couldn't be a rapper because he lost his hearing, but he's going to be a rocker without hearing. Am I getting that right? No, that no. He did that. He did the the rock stuff first. By the time he oh, went, okay. he tried to do rapping, it was like way later than this. Okay, I'm just trying to like, how does your hearing how does your hearing affect rapping but not rock? Okay, just heard that right. Wrong. Well, hey, uh, Pete Townsend apparently is uh, damn near deaf because of uh, <laughs> the stuff he did with the Who. So yeah, right. But I mean, that's kind of what you. I mean, not saying he yeah. deserved it by any means. But that's kind of what you get for standing in front of the wall of sound every night. But I do want to say, man, if you're going to go deaf, what a hell of a way to do it, man. Yeah, right. If it's not God given, uh, earn it. <laughs> yeah, what's the uh, what's what's the only thing you hear in your head all day? Who are you? <laughs> the song, not the question. But anyway, ah, they're a badass man. Uh, hell yeah. But the 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 actor thing i can't really laugh at because that's another one he he was a like a what what do they call it tele tele telenovela telenovela yeah telenovela why the hell do i know that why did i know you were thinking that hey (laughs) that uh (laughs) do i need to say it Uh, no my opinion is not that kind of mexican sorry yeah right we're not that mexican right well he was like a telenovela star there for a while. I know that. I can't remember if Conan did any of that or not, but it seemed like they were always trying to one-up each other with different stuff. I mean, it, the thing is, like... <laughs> it's like you the... one-up each other with the... I got the better telenovela. No, I do. PJ yeah. Cabron, you got the best. <laughs> mine's... Hey, my, mine's slightly <laughs> less cheesy than yours. <laughs> I know... Have you ever watched it just for a minute, like any of them? Like, just, just peek seen... at for a minute? I've seen clips on YouTube they and I laugh so, my ass off. So bad. Not that American ones are any better, mind you, but man, they're just terrible. The, the acting is like the fake crying. It's like, good Lord, this is bad. <laughs> yep. 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 Well, I know one of the main reasons why Conan hated Vampiro was what I've heard anyway is professional jealousy. Uh, they were in different organizations and when Vampiro started coming up, he was younger. Uh, he was considered a pretty boy back in Better the day. Looking. And yeah, so he... I was uh, just joking, okay. <laughs> at the time, he was considered, like, you know, the young pretty boy, whatever. And he had the tattoos, and he was the, the bad boy and whatever. So, you know, Conan got a little uh, jelly there for a while. But either way, uh, getting back to I this, I think it's though, pathetic. I mean, no offense, but neither one of you ever set the world on fire. 
Uh, in Mexico, like they damn sure did. In Mexico, yeah, but you talk about people like Austin and, and Rock, if they were like jealous of each other, they were literally setting the entire world on fire, not just one right. Well, so right. Well, but you, you got to think we're looking at this from an American perspective. Of, oh, you know, I, I, it's like who, who gives a damn? But totally fair, totally fair. I I, I acknowledge that. Just like in just like in Japan, like my or, <laughs> right? Like like in uh, let's say in the nineties, if uh, Antonio Inoki held a match over here, it's not like people are going to flock to the arena. Oh my God, we got to see Inoki and you know sell the place out. In in Japan, oh. he was freaking god. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, I, he, they said he was a bigger star over there than Hulk Hogan was in America, and that's saying something. I heard he was a bigger star there than David Hasselhoff was in uh, Germany, but that's a rumor. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, but anyway, uh, Pero Aguayo is seen as a god by some in Mexico, and working with Conan will put Vampiro at odds with Aguayo, and thus might hurt his image in Mexico. Uh, I like I that. Grief, man. I know, right? <laughs> if, if you work with him, you and I are going to have problems. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. It was like 90210 stuff, man. I can't put all this on, on Vamp. Because, like, honestly, Conan was just as bad at this. I, they both, you know, did immature oh, sniping God. back and forth. I've heard his podcast. He's still the same way, dude. He's, he's holier than thou. He knows yep. everything. I will say. Hey, I like him. Don't get me wrong. I, I do like Conan. I was, when I was a kid, he was one of my favorites, man, like in the NWO. But, dude, get your own head up your ass. Your head up your own ass, dude. Come on. Yeah, right. Uh, he's did. Uh, oh, wait, you don't like him when he was in the Dungeon of Doom? Come on, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was I mean, full on Cholo in the Dungeon of Doom, which still to this day makes no sense. As if the Dungeon of Doom made sense. I yeah. heard it. <laughs> Two seconds after I said it, I heard. It. Shut up. <laughs> uh, but I, I will say, well, let me finish this up real quick. Uh, as far as Vampiro being upset over a tattoo Conan got, apparently that's just a minor issue and not a big part of the heat between them. Okay, I have no idea what the hell that's all about. Uh, but, it's a Mickey Mouse tattoo, like The Rock said. Yeah, he. Oh no, Conan got uh, "Play My Effing Music" in Spanish <laughs> tattooed on. Uh, <sighs> something, but, something, uh, Piche Musico. <laughs> yeah, right. Again, uh, I'm not that Mexican. Sorry, I don't know that, but I do know the the basics. <sighs> right. If my well, father's alive, you can help me out. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> God. He's uh, well, I will say uh, uh, I they've buried the hatchet, and this I mean this was years ago at this point when I, so I can't tell you when it might have been 2019's Triple Mania, I don't know, but either way uh, I was at some Triple Mania there where they had a battle royal. Conan came out and he's pretty much a mobile, so he couldn't really do a whole lot, but he comes out and has his little minions beating people down while he wears a Donald Trump shirt and pisses people off, and uh, an airbrushed Donald Trump shirt by the way. And then so Corey Gray's brother does, too. Yeah. And then uh, Co or, uh, Vampiro comes down. The place goes nuts. The babies hit the roof. Conan looks scared and they get into it very for a very short time. And he actually lets Vampiro like toss him. So and Conan booked that whole thing, by the way. So that was 100 percent Conan booking that to happen. So obviously they buried the hatchet and, you know, Co Vampiro's been on the Keeping It 100 podcast and all that. But that's good. Because you know what? You never know how much time you have in life, and you do not want to go to the grave that crap. Right. By I'm way, serious, man. Don't don't carry grudges. It makes yep. no sense. Oh, I'm with you, man. By the way, uh, 
according to Google Translate, it is Toca Mi Mali, uh, Maldita Musica. Okay. What's Toca the Pinche? Maldita <laughs> Musica. Yeah, I don't know. I, look, I, <clears throat> I, I, it takes me a while to read Spanish, so there you go. I, I also tell you, school. I've heard from many people who speak Spanish fluently that Google Translate is not always the most 100% accurate way to translate. Oh, no, it's, us- it's usually yeah. very wrong, because I would send yeah. it to a legit Mexican, and he'd laugh and go, yeah, it's actually this. I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> uh, real quick, Pink- bro, real quick, let's circle back and say something real quick. Mm-hmm. In today's wrestling, wearing something pro-Donald Trump is almost as cheap as ragging on the local sports team. It's just lazy. Yep. I want to say that. It's just, At it's the stupid. time, it was hilarious the way that Conan did it. <laughs> Because he would come out, he'd cut the whole promo in Spanish, by the way, and they'd be booing him out of the building. He's like, no one of my boy Trump wants to build the wall to keep you fools out. <laughs> like, holy God. Okay, that's that's funny, at least funny. But I don't know. Right. I just think it's lazy. I'm like, come on, dude, be be original. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, there was that guy <laughs> during the uh, during the 2016 election. He wore he had a suit that like the the entire design was Hillary Clinton's face. And he called himself the the uh, the the raging liberal or something like that. And, and he had people booed the crap out of him. And he'd come out and cut promos on everybody, <sighs> you know, that he, uh, for not being PC or whatever. God. Yeah. And then uh, and then Jim Cornette got mad about it and said he should have been the baby face or whatever. It's like, oh, God, just shut the F up. It's, like you can't be a baby face ever with anything politics. I don't give a damn what side you're talking about. No, it's yeah, not going to no. happen. Stupid. Yep. Getting back to this, though, sticking with somebody else who is uh, who was quite bitter in Mexico. Antonio Pena debuted a new character in AAA this week named La Ma- La. Let me try this again. La Calica. I don't know what that means. Calica. C A L A C A. La Calica. Okay, so it's not a cat. Right. No, not Calico. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I, I just closed translate. So Any chance me... his name was Puma. <laughs> uh, what the hell does Calica mean? It just it translates to Calica. Oh, skull. Okay, there we go. The skull. So day oh. of the dead. Right. Well, he's basically a heel version of La Parca. He even wears the same outfit, but with the colors reversed: white with black, uh, or white with a black skeleton. Uh, speaking of, one of the reasons that LaParca left AAA was because Pena wanted him to turn heel, and Parker didn't want to. Well, you can't be a heel and a chairman of WCW. <laughs> right. Who ever heard of a heel chairman? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> That's a good one, pal. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, good crap, pal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so LaCalica, I never heard of that one. They would eventually get a replacement for LaParca. Which is stupid because he was never a heel. So if that was the entire intent, why'd you bring in the other Laparca as a baby face? Dumb. Uh, and Remember, you know how you sometimes like get pissed at me for using logic. Well, there you go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, and 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 to even to put a finer point on this, Laparca went on. I mean, he was a heel like in late WCW, and then like after he yeah, left WCW. Yeah, but why? why? Think about that. Why? Yeah, I know. <sighs> but, stupid. But later on, like, he's been a heel for most of the past, like, 15, 20 years, something like that. And he's, like, gotten major over with it. Was it like a Hulk Hogan moment? I mean, don't I'm not trying to compare him to Hulk Hogan. I'm just, you know, the heel face thing. 
was it kind of a he's like, well, I need to change. And so he just started working heel or did he decide to be a heel because people found out he was kind of an a-hole? <laughs> I, I don't know. <sighs> and for anybody out there that, well, oh, he's dead. No. OK, people still argue with me. It is not the same Laparca. The second Laparca, the one I'm talking about that was never a heel in in Mexico, that's the one who passed away. So, that was L.A. Park, yeah. correct, at one point? No, the, the one that's still alive is L.A. Okay. Park. And he trademarked that name. And now his sons are L.A. Park Jr. And uh, I think... That name uh, sucks like so much, L.A. Park. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't remember what the hell it was supposed to mean. Oh, La Atentica Park. So basically, I just took the, it as a, a ghetto park in Los Angeles. That's God, right? Yeah, no. For anybody that doesn't know, MacArthur LA, Park. Yeah. For anybody that doesn't know, LA is La Atentica, basically the real park. So there you go. And yeah, so he's still doing that to this day. And he had to do that because when he left AAA, Antonio Pena owned the gimmick and. He's another one's passed away. I said he was bitter. I think he was. I'm not trying to crap on the dude. I don't know if he was a good man or not. Just saying he had a lot of very, you know, uh, crappy moments that made him seem like a bitter old dude. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, especially these owners of of federations uh, when they're Uh, like big, small, whatever. I might go to one of the greatest of all time, Bret Hart, still to this day. Just bitter. God, I know. Still hates gold. Yeah. And I love him. Don't get me wrong, people, but it's true. Yep. Uh, last story from Mexico I got. AAA is negotiating with Sabu to bring him in for some shows. Meanwhile, All Japan oh, no, Pro Wrestling. <laughs> Meanwhile, All Japan Pro Wrestling has offered Sabu a 26-week deal to work there in 1997, but he Why? hasn't but he hasn't accepted yet. He was a big draw in Japan actually. I I, I will not deny that and I won't I, I'll take your word for it, but <laughs> Why? His, sucks. Some of some of it. Well, I I will say he did make a big name for himself, but he what helped jumpstart him in in Japan, I think, was the fact that his uncle was the Sheik. So, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, Japan loves their deathmatch stuff, man, and he did a lot of stupid death-defying stuff. So, there you go. He was not afraid to use his body as a weapon. But, like a uh, uh, modern day guy, uh, Darby Allen. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, hey, uh, speaking of, you know, you, I, I teased it earlier and uh, jumped the gun on it a little bit, but here we are finally. <laughs> this week in ECW. If I may have the, enough, Ollie. Is that the BWO theme in the background? No, that's the ECW theme. I just sped it up a little bit so I don't it's get sounded- marked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'm starting to wonder if they ripped the BWO theme off. I mean, I know there was a play on the NWO song, but that sounded kind of close. Yeah, a bit. Uh, yeah, certain songs, uh, like I've heard some theme songs like Double Speed or whatever, they actually sound kind of cool that way. But either way, Paul Heyman is saying that the date for ECW's first pay-per-view will either be March 30th or November 13th. Ding, ding, ding. It was November, or, excuse me, April 13th. That was That was the date. Uh, he reserved both dates for now, but the final decision won't be made for a few more weeks. ECW has been trying to get guys to sign short-term contracts to make sure that nobody uh, important ups or, or ups and jumps ship before the pay-per-view. Uh, easy for me to say. 
Uncle Dave says, quote, obviously Sabu versus Taz will headline. Hashtag plans changed. Oh. Yeah. What, what do you mean Uncle Dave was incorrect? Never. That's weird. He's only incorrect like 98 out of 100 times. Right. It's weird. Hey, you know what, man? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And uh, he takes all the shots. Oh, man. It's like, like I always used to say, you know, it, people like I, I've heard like I don't watch a lot of basketball, as you know, but I've heard people that actually do uh, watch basketball and love basketball have arguments over Allen Iverson. One person will say, oh, he's so great. He's had all, you know, he, he was one of the best of all time, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody else will say he jacked up like 100 shots and would make like 60 of them. So, yeah, you're going to make a ton of shots when you throw up all of them. I'm going to agree with the, whoever said that. Yeah. So, I mean, he was a ball hog, notorious ball hog. I, I do know that. So, I don't think it's fair for me to weigh in on great shooters when my guy is Steph Curry. That's unfair. So, yeah, right. I'll even peripheral just... fans <laughs> or people you wouldn't even consider fans know who the hell Steph Curry is nowadays and will make references to Steph Curry. So, that's how you know when you're, you're breaking through as the star or one of the top guys in the entire sport right there. So, top guy. Shh, shh. The only re- the only way LeBron James stays relevant nowadays is by shooting his mouth off. Other than that, or tweeting like, his mouth off. God, be fair. Oh well, there's that too. Seems to be a running theme with many celebrities, but yeah, <laughs> Ugh, I know. Even ones that you're like, you're still living. <laughs> you remember that from that uh, the 2000 Grinch movie where yes, the, the, the Grinch sees his, his two moms yeah, for the first time. I just again. watched that a couple nights ago, actually. Yes. Ah, so many great quotable lines from that movie. It's because I'm green, isn't it? (sighs) Ah, But anyway, this one got me just so much in this story. Just like, whoa. Uh, Former Smoky Mountain wrestling star Boo Bradley debuted for ECW using the name Balls Mahoney. Okay, Boo Bradley. Wasn't that the guy with the tree in the Kill a Mockingbird? Yeah, yeah, he was Boo Bradley. Because he couldn't. Yeah. Well, yeah, they they had to change it a little bit so they didn't get trademark, you know. But, uh, yeah, this the, I guess that was his whole gimmick was it was a play on that guy, and yeah, because when I think of Balls Mahoney, I think of a uh, American masterpiece novel. <laughs> well, he was supposed to be a little, you know, special. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I could see that. Not speaking of the dead, and just talk about what he looked like and how he. No, not speaking of the dead, but let's also be real. Balls Mahoney sucked. Sorry. <laughs> hey, I have a Jack's figure of him. I'm sorry. <laughs> he got over pretty well, apparently, according to Uncle Dave. <sighs> okay. According to Uncle Dave, he, quote, did something of a comical gay type of act, although apparently Paul Heyman told him not to do a specific gay act, end quote. What? Oh, wow. Was this like his first I'm appearance? I'm years old with this one. Yeah. Can somebody who actually watched ECW comment on this for us? Because... I have never heard of this. If this was real, then I want to know because I've never heard of this before. Okay, first of all, we know he was like a year ago just Santa Claus. Then he comes in <laughs> as this. Then he becomes balls. This guy was like saddled with garbage. Well, he's balls here apparently. Like he changed his name from Boo Radley or Boo Bradley to Balls Mahoney. But yeah, so this is this is the birth of it. But I don't. I I never heard about him acting gay. I'm, again, I'm today's years old. Maybe, 
And this is just being reported on by Dave, so it could be a complete BS uh, thing. I don't know. Either way, uh, when he does moves, the crowd chants balls. And balls, when his balls, balls. <laughs> and I don't when know his opponents, well, because so many people have done variations of that. Uh, like um, Hack Myers, whenever he would, he, whenever he would punch someone, they go Shaw, Shaw, Shaw. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> when, uh, but that's when he does a move. But when his opponent does a move on him, the crowd chants nuts. I've never heard that one either. Apparently, that one didn't stick around very long because shocked. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, this next story is regrettable, but uh, as is most in. Oh, wow. Well, I, I didn't realize all the stuff you told us before was not regrettable. Yeah, well, okay. because of. All right, we're about, to get, we're about to get muddy here, folks. Well, it's pretty, <laughs> the story itself isn't necessarily bad. It's just who's in the story, and I'll explain after this. Rob Feinstein is back. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he's, he's back in an on camera role with ECW as the newest member of the Blue World Order. He's going by the name Three and a Half, which is apparently a play on six. I'm today uh, years old with this one, too. Wouldn't a play on six just be three? Yeah, that's what I think. Why, why, did they think three and a half is funnier? I mean, it kind <laughs> of that, is. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Of course, I, have a seven in WCW. Uh, <sighs> yeah, right. Uh, Feinstein is still handling the video distribution for ECW. There's a joke in there that I'm not going to go to, but yeah. <laughs> if you know, you know. If you don't know, Google Rob Feinstein. And... Uh, hold on. I think we haven't done this in a while. Go watch the uh, Dark Side of the Ring, right? Isn't that on there? Is it? That uh, Rob Is that a, that's the XPW guy, right? No, that's Rob Black. There's uh, Rob ladies like this? Yes. Rob Feinstein. I, I ECW. I don't know why I'm apologizing, but I was wrong. Okay. No, this is a different creep. Uh, okay. He did this. He was one of the founding members of Ring of Honor, he, which you can see him on multiple episodes, uh, multiple uh, shows from Ring of Honor in the first few years. And then he had to drop out because, oh, he, he also owns RF Video or owns still a thing. It all just came to me. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. Uh, for those that don't know, he uh, allegedly... Allegedly! Uh, did some... Uh, <laughs> Did some stuff with some underage people and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, did some time, but I forgot all about that. Okay, yeah, so that's why I said this this story. And at least the other guy was just it was he was just like a porn director, right? Not that it's good or anything, uh, but at least it wasn't well, underage, right? Well, it wasn't underage, but it, yeah, he did he did uh, he did the porn, and then he did uh, he did some porn that was um, yeah, I think he got brought into court for it because people were like, this is like. That's extreme. on Dark Side of the Ring, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that some extreme goes, stuff. Yeah. Yes, okay. And uh, and yet again, he um, allegedly sent two goons to the house of the wrestler Messiah to yep. uh, cut off his thumbs. Right. So there's that. This is pro wrestling we're talking about, right? Not like some mob mentality in New York, even though the mob doesn't exist. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. If anybody, I haven't watched it yet, but if anybody watches that new that new show, Tulsa King with uh, 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 Sylvester Stallone in it, he he says in there, he goes, uh, like, oh, you work for the mob? He's like, the uh, mob doesn't exist. Rocky worked for the mob? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I, I waited my entire 
life to see Sylvester Stallone play a mobster, and he's finally doing it. The show is made by Tyler Sheridan, the guy who does uh, all the Yellowstone stuff, and that's why, for both of those reasons, I really want to watch that show. It's on Paramount. It's on so I Paramount, it. right? Yeah. They promoted yep. the hell out of it during uh, one of the football games. Yep, and uh, during Yellowstone, I know, shocker, but like, Right as you're going into the, the first like or the last two minutes leading into a commercial break, they have a thing at the bottom that says a special preview of Tulsa King coming up. And it's like every commercial. But well, I, I think mean, of Tulsa, man, I think of Sylvester Stallone. Well, the whole the whole plot is he's like he's a mobster in New York that like doesn't rat. So he gets sent to prison for years. And when he comes out, they send him on special assignment to Tulsa. So and basically exile him off to, you know, the middle of nowhere. <sighs> but it looks interesting enough either way. <clears throat> keeping on with this, what doesn't look interesting. Uh, keeping on with the just none of these stories are good. I'm just going to get that out of the way now. I feel like we hardly ever do good stories on these news. And that's what makes it so. Yeah, well, it's definitely not coming out of ECW. Speaking of. No. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking, surprise of century. Well, speaking of uh, old Robbie Feinstein there and, uh, you know, his video distribution, uh, Paul Heyman and Todd Gordon have instructed Rob Feinstein not to sell any tapes to the show from Revere, Massachusetts, where the mass transit incident happened. I knew speaking, we were going to get into this. Speaking of Dark Side of the Ring, <laughs> nice. uh, this makes some wonder if there's any high quality video of it somewhere that someone is sitting on. To this day, the only video you can find is fan cam footage. I don't know why you'd want high def footage or high quality footage of that, but uh, here you go. I, I'm going to assume that's not one of them videos sitting in the WWF vault or WWE vault anywhere. I could be. Oh, God. Uh, Shane Douglas got into a fight at ringside with a fan at an ECW show. I feel like we just did this a couple of weeks ago. I would be shocked. Uh, reportedly, the fan threw the first punch at Douglas, uh, and he began to beat him down. The fan, that is. Uh, this led yeah, to well. Tom- <laughs> this led to Tommy Dreamer pulling Douglas away. Uncle Dave notes that Tommy Dreamer is kind of the unsung hero of the company because he always seems to be the one calming down situations like this. <laughs> That's kind of funny that Tommy Dreamer is like the cool hand Luke around there. <laughs> Like he's he's the rational one. Uh, anyway, he pulled Douglas back into the match, but Douglas was still furious and went back out into the crowd and apparently grabbed the wrong fan, threw him down, and started punching him, only for Dreamer to pull Douglas away again. Anyway, during the same match, both Douglas and Francine were both injured. <sighs> Douglas hit. Oh, freaking uh, mess! It's embarrassing. Douglas got hit in the ankle with an errant chair shot. And Francine may have torn her hamstring somehow. Oh, God. Maybe don't wear heels. Uh, Rumor has it that uh, Douglas gave an F in class. That's why he went off on him. (laughs) Good Lord. This is just... uh, This is garbage, man. Today, uh, uh, we state the obvious, folks. Yeah, right. (laughs) I've got something else about the fans here in just a second. But Sabu... (laughs) That's not a good segue. (laughs) Sabu and Perry Saturn had what most called the worst match ever in ECW. Man, that's a high bar to clear. Sabu was severely jet-lagged from flying back from Japan, and they pretty much missed all of their spots. Plus, the tables kept breaking before they were supposed to, and it just fell apart with the fans booing it heavily. 
Saturn would suffer from the exact opposite table issue in WCW, by the way. Also, a fan grabbed Sabu's hair, which led to Sabu slapping the fan. Good lord, these fans are just garbage. Well, you put on the garbage show, the garbage comes out, dude. Yeah, that, that's what you attract, ECW. There you go. And I'm not saying all the fans are garbage, but this no, no, happens no, just, enough. Just Philly fans, apparently. <laughs> well, Can it, I assume this, this ha- isn't Philly? It might have been. I really don't know. It's around that area. But just damn. If it is, you know, I have I've never been to a wrestling show with Philly fans, but I've been to like sports games with Philly fans and, you know, for various teams. And they're always causing issues. Every time the Eagles come to Cleveland, there is a fight in the stands every time. We're not even in the same league or conference, whatever. (laughs) The, The Eagles are NFC. The Browns are AFC. There's zero rivalry there. Yet somehow, this crap just follows Philadelphia fans around. Sure, you can blame some of it on the Cleveland fans, which I, I'm i not saying they're not to blame some of the times. But it's always guaranteed when Philadelphia comes to town. <sighs> yeah, it's just, what's funny to me, too, is like, it's not just the Eagles fans, though. It happens at like the... the 76ers games have seen fights break out when the, the Phillies come to town. Yeah. When the, yeah. when the, when the Phillies come to town, freaking fights at baseball games, like good Lord, you guys are just crap. Like knock it off. PCW is still talking to Lance storm about joining the promotion soon. That would happen. Meanwhile, FMW wrestler gladiator, the future Mike awesome told the Japanese media that he is going to ECW in February. Also, WWF's Sunny was backstage at the last ECW Arena show. I don't think she'd pop up there for a little while. I think she was still doing stuff with WWF for a while. After 98, this. 99, I think I want to say. Yeah. I mean, she'd show up there every once in a while. She, I mean, she was just backstage. She was never on camera because she was with Chris Candido. So I don't, was he even there at this point? He was, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that would explain it. Or he's about to be. Yeah, one of the two. So if he was there, she was probably with him. Uh, At an indie show in Woodbridge, Virginia, the promoter no-showed the event, meaning that no one would get paid. (laughs) Hold on. Are we still on ECW? Uh, This wasn't (laughs) ECW, but uh, it involves ECW. I'm going to say, because this promoter has a name, you know, show some respect. Yeah, right. (laughs) It was a fairly stacked card with a lot of ECW guys booked to appear. Well, then they should be used to being not being paid to work. But Sabu versus Rob Van Dam was supposed to headline, but since they wouldn't get paid, they decided not to work. I, I think that's them. very fair. Yeah, if I showed up and they're like, ah, oh, the promoter's not here, we don't know if you're going to get paid, I'd be like, well, then I can't promise I'm going to go out there. So, sorry. Uh, Stevie, oh, I mean, nowadays sucks. you go out there you're to your merch table and hawk your stuff. I learned that from Matt Cardona. Exactly. But, you know, not wrestling. Yep. Well, it's and that sucks for the fans. It really does. But it's you know, not their fault. Why should they risk life and limb if they know they're not going to get paid or they suspect they're not going to get paid? You know, can you imagine going out there, wrestling, not getting paid and like tearing a ligament or something? Can you imagine that? Oh, God. Yep. Like, and what then, the hell would the point be? And then you're definitely not getting paid for a while because ECW wasn't going to pay you to sit on the shelf. They hardly paid you to actually go out there and work. 
Sure, but, we'll say uh, they worked. <laughs> Stevie Richards, Blue Meanie, Axel Rotten, and the Headbangers basically took over the show. Whoa, what an all-star lineup that is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and went out in front of the crowd and worked a bunch of comedy spots. I know, shocker. Shocker. Uh, Uncle Dave writes, quote, At one point, several of the wrestlers were in the ring while an explicit Adam Sandler song was playing. What the uh, get fuck? Get to be a little more specific on that, buddy. <laughs> right. Uh, and they were all pretending to jack off. Holy crap. Again, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> At one point, the wrestlers were doing a pass the hat for money with the fans and were answering questions for a dollar, end quote. Okay, real quick. What's pass the hat? They literally took a hat and passed it around to collect money. Oh, I thought it was an innuendo or a drinking game. Sorry. Oh, no. (laughs) They were answering questions for a buck. There you go. This is probably the only damn thing that got paid all night. So, (laughs) hey, might as well. You can go eat McDonald's with your pay for the wrestling show. At least you got to eat. Good lord! <sighs> Getting out of the size real quick because someone's going to hear. None of this is made up, right? I mean, well, I could be, but uh, yeah. you got this from legit, like unquote, quote unquote, legit source. Hey, because this all sounds like it. we're just sitting here BSing, having fun. Yeah, who the hell could make this up? I mean, Uncle <laughs> Dave has made up some wild shit, but good lord! <laughs> oh man! Speaking of Didn't wild I tell stuff, tell you by the way at the start of this pod, the bad ones, the funny ones. I, I'm going to stick by that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of wild stuff here, uh, Tiger Jeet Singh, who's the father of Tiger Ali Singh, was recently involved in a fraud trial in Canada. Singh and two other guys bought a condo complex for $7 million and allegedly tried to defraud other potential buyers somehow. Singh eventually turned on the other two men and testified against them on behalf of the prosecution in exchange for the charges against him to be dropped. The other two men were convicted. <sighs> Man. So he wasn't just a heel in wrestling. He was a heel so, in the courtroom. This is why he disappeared after a while, huh? Uh, was he with Ali? No, no, not him. Not just Tiger Ali Singh, period. Like, he was on WWE. He won that Kuwaiti Cup, and then he was just gone. I wonder if this is why. Well, I don't know. I mean, this didn't involve Ali Singh at all, so I, I don't know oh, that had any bearing on Sorry, okay. No, it was, no, it was just his dad. Okay. Well, still, though, I mean, even if your father has that stigma, maybe you're going to keep him off TV, because he did disappear for a long time. Like, they yeah. were pushing him as a huge thing. He won that Kuwaiti Cup, and then he was just gone. And then he would come yeah. in later with Babu. Well, this was a thing for, I think, honestly, I think the reason they pulled him off is because he was hella green, but not like he was better when they threw him out there again. But, I don't know. Uh, this this story, I think, was probably a big story in Canada. Not so, not so much outside of it, but I don't know. Tiger Jeet Singh, for anybody who doesn't know, was actually like he was basically like what the Sheik was, and he had a saber with him and wore a turban and all that. So it was different countries. Yeah, yeah, dude, same just gimmick. say just say stereotypical Middle Eastern wrestler. We got it right. <laughs> uh, a guy named Larry Burton, who is a friend of Jerry Lawler's, has been running some of the day-to-day business of USWA. Word is that he's been getting a lot of heat from others involved in the company. Lawler and Burton end up buying USWA from huh, Jerry Jarrett here real soon, and then selling it, it to some, <laughs> and then selling it to some other business guy out of Ohio. Yeah, uh, apparently they took advantage of the guy from Ohio's uh, uh, inexperience. Uh, 
uh, it, like lack of knowledge we, of wrestling. we call it we call it good nature took advantage of his yeah. good nature. Now he was the guy had no idea what the hell he was buying. And he was more than willing to pay for it. And then when he found out it was worthless and he wasted his money, he tried suing Jerry Lawler and got nothing out of it. So there you go. Am I the only one that sees how stupid that sounds? Yeah, he's a wrestling. He didn't know what he was purchasing. He just bought it. He th- yeah, well, he thought, oh, well, I'm, I'm buying the Memphis territory and I get all this stuff. And it's like, uh, no, I mean, yeah, but no, like I, the guy was an idiot. There's no, a- I know. <sighs> Staying in Memphis. This one was funny. USWA is also doing their own Nation of Domination angle, complete with Randy Hales now going by Randy X. God. Uh, like Reggie X B- or E-C-K-S? Like the letter X, like Mount. Oh, then you're, then you're badass when you do that. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Reggie B. Fine, which I think he should have kept that name, uh, now going by Kareem Olajuwon. Kareem Olajuwon. Yeah. You may not realize the significance of that, do you? Isn't he a basketball player it's two basketball players so it's kareem yeah. abdul jabbar and akeem olajuwon okay that's right so I was like, that doesn't sound got, right but it sounds familiar he got lazy with that name okay <laughs> right <laughs> uh, they also had black commentator Corey macklin join the group as malcolm macklin <sighs> god but later in the show they turned on him and attacked him this led to longtime announcer dave brown getting physically involved trying to help macklin Dave Brown has been doing announcing for Memphis wrestling for over 20 years, and Dave believes this is the first time that he's ever gotten physically involved in an angle. Uh, for people <laughs> that don't know, Dave Brown was like a weatherman in the Memphis area for years, and like he was like a household name in that area. So that's why he stuck around for so long. People loved him. The only other one I can think of from that area that was big was uh, Lance Russell. Uh, I don't know much from Dave Brown, though. Final story I've got here. It's MMA, and I normally don't have a story this big from MMA, but I thought there was a lot to get to with this one, so I figured pff, might as well talk about it. UFC held their Ultimate Ultimate Two pay per view. Clever name. What a name. Yeah, right. <laughs> what do we call it? Uh, ultimate Ultimate Two. Uh, did you have a stroke? Anyway, uh, can or sh- some kind of Tourette's, maybe. <laughs> right. Uh, stutter. Uh, Ken Shamrock went into the show with a broken hand and aggravated it in his first fight and had to withdraw from the tournament. Go figure. Uh, Crazy Abbott, to think we are three and a half months away from him popping up in WWE. Uh, two, really, because he showed up in the crowd, but three and a half months from him doing something in WWE. Yeah, hopefully his hand was healed by then. Uh, Tink Abbott's crew got into a fight with Frank Shamrock at the hotel the night before the show. Oh, color me shocked. Uh, at the pay-per-view, Shamrock's usually a down-to-earth guy, though. So, I mean, I'm not going to say he didn't start. I don't know. But, Frank. Yeah. I heard, Frank, I heard. Oh, I always heard that Frank Shamrock was kind of a loudmouth, but. Uh, oh, maybe I. Well, I met him. He was a really nice guy. But I mean, I know that doesn't I, mean much, but. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I Tank, Tank Abbott's gone pretty... on record and said a whole bunch of crap. I remember when he flat out told, uh, and this is what he said. Don't quote me, but he called GSP gay boy and kind of pissed people off. So. Yep. Clearly, he's got some homophobic issues and he's kind of a dick or whatever, but I don't know. Kind Frank of. Nice to me. Well, I, I don't, <laughs> Frank was nice to me when I met him, I'm just saying. So he was a cool dude to me. Oh, yeah. Tank Abbott's a, Tank Abbott's a douchebag. Oh, and, and he can say all that stuff he wants. GSP would have cremated it. GSP would have put him on the mat and humped him. In both of their primes, GSP would have killed him. <laughs> oh, for sure. 
<laughs> and there is a weight discrepancy you can, there. You can I'll list say. on one hand the amount of guys that GSP couldn't destroy. Okay, you have about four yep. fingers left. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, at the pay per view, Tank Abbott knocked out Steve Nelmark, whatever the hell that is, in the most brutal fashion ever. They don't really go into ta- uh, to detail on that one. Uh, Don Fry beat Mark Hall in a short fight that led some to be suspicious that Hall had thrown the fight. Hall later admitted that he did, and referee John McCarthy also wrote in his autobiography that he realized that the fight was fixed as he was refereeing it. Good lord, UFC oh. was a mess. That's um, weird, because Don Fry's a legit badass. I know, right? He's well, got the most wait. epic mustache since Magnum P.I., by the way, but... Oh yeah, it's that's that's right up there with uh, oh man, I'm blank on his name now. Sam Elliott. Yes. Well, that's Elliot. that's a B mustache though. That's, that's Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Oh, you go Burt Sam Reynolds. Elliott and everybody else. Yep, I go Sam Elliott, Burt Reynolds. Uh, uh, you just mentioned Magnum PI. I can't think of his real name. Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. And and, uh, and Don Fry. That's a, a very elite class right there. But midway through the show, Ken Shamrock was interviewed backstage and cut a promo on Tink Abbott, which led to Abbott and his people getting into a confrontation with Shamrock backstage. So he pissed off both the Shamrocks. Cool. In the main I don't event, think they were getting along at this time. They might have been. I don't know, but I know they had kind of a damaged relationship. But And I found out years later they aren't blood brothers. Like, they were both yeah. adopted by the same father. So right. there you go. Uh, in the main event, Fry led Tank, uh, beat Tank Abbott to win the tournament in what was probably pure luck because Abbott was murdering him until he slipped on the mat and fell down, which led Fry to get on top of him. Good lord. You know, a lot of MMA submissions come from pure luck, to be fair, so. Yeah. Well, Fry ended up suffering a broken hand, which needed surgery. Ken Shamrock also teased retirement. Well, sort yeah. of retirement. Well, he did retire for a couple of years. Yeah, as we said, he's on his way to WWE right now. (laughs) Right. After what we just talked about, I can't believe that it was pure luck that Don Fry was getting his ass whooped by freaking Tank Abbott. Like, really? Well, you know, not to go back to what I said, but in his day, Tank Abbott was a badass. I'm not saying he was like a wuss or anything. Just a dick is what we said. And he was all friends. It's not like, yeah, right. It's not like he just lost to some, like, loser. Right. Yeah, that's true. But we're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're actually going to get into the event at hand. It's WWF In Your House 12, right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram, both at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh. Another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, 
and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It's WWF in your house 12. It's time. The date was December 15th, 1996. The tagline sharpshooter versus powerbomb. Which I suppose could have worked if it was uh, Vader in there instead of Sid as well. Uh, the venue was I don't know what West. Be mean because this was uh, Sid's pay per view, but whatever. Oh well, of course it, it's time for Sid. Uh, but the the venue was the West Palm Beach Auditorium in West Palm Beach, Florida. Yeah, that historic. Because when I think of Palm Beach, Florida, man, that's the one I think of. <laughs> right. Uh, the attendance was five thousand seven hundred eight, and the buy rate was point thirty five. Uh, not exactly setting the woods on fire with this one. They were like, yeah, let's get through it. I watched it. So, yeah. I well, I figured you did around this time. Didn't you say you were I mean, ordering them all? Or no, them I, all? I never said I was ordering them all. Yeah, you, Nor you did viewed I them say all. this was going on at my house. I did not watch it at my house, so I can say that too. <laughs> hey, I saw it. It was somewhere. That's all I'm saying. It was down the street, my friend's house. He's no longer living. God rest his soul. But all I'm saying is that it's what it was. Did he at least leave you a scrambler box? He did not. Yeah, it's it's useless right now. But uh, but we open up with a crap ton of pyro. We go to commentary and then right into the first match. And boy, what a first match it was! <laughs> it, it, it is uh, Leaf Cassidy versus Flash Funk in ten minute or ten and a half minutes. Shut up and take my money. Uh, 
First so, of all, I'm going to be really honest. I liked Flash Funk. Okay, I don't care what anyone says. I liked him. So. Yeah, I mean, he he was interesting. It was, I mean, I like the guy behind Flash Funk. I mean, the gimmick was okay for the time. They hadn't used it and used it again and used it a third time. But anyway, thank God they already had everybody's money because Leaf Cassidy would have just turned them right off. What are you talking about? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on. But, You're pissing me off now. <laughs> but, <laughs> so Flash Funk got all the pyro for his entrance. Vince, yep. McMahon, Vince McMahon even stands up and dances with him when he gets to the ring. He is just so damn white, it almost hurts. Tell me uh, you didn't laugh. With a straight face. Yeah, I, I chuckled. I was like, what the <laughs> F, man? But Funk hit hits Shawn a... Michaels, dude. He used to dance with him all the time. Go back and watch. Ah, nice. But Funk hits a 450 splash to win. Uncle Dave gave this trace stars. I only gave it two. What do you say? I, g- I gave it two. How do you give this three stars? <laughs> Hell if I know, man. Three effing stars. Like, even if they did some decent stuff, like, nobody gave a damn. This could have been the free-for-all. Yeah, for sure. But we get a commercial for the WWF Royal Rumble 97 before coming back to the show. After the fake Razor Ramon and Diesel enter for their match, we go backstage for Kevin Kelly interviewing Owen Hart and the British Bulldog with Clarence Mason. Oddly enough, Mason said nothing. That pairing made all the sense in the damn world. (sighs) Yeah, that was stupid. But Kelly says that the cause of the recent lack of focus for Bulldog and Hart, Steve Austin, is there tonight. Bulldog says that he's not focused on Austin, but if he sticks to or sticks his nose into his business, he'll take him out. Owen tells Kevin Kelly to stop stirring the pot. Yeah, sure. point there. Well, stirring the pot. Uh, but either way, this next match is Owen Hart and the British Bulldog with Clarence Mason defending their tag titles against the fake Razor and Diesel. Because, you know, they earned a shot. Yeah, sure. Uh, this goes for 10 minutes and 45 sec- uh, seconds. So, Cybernetico and Piroth randomly come out in the middle of this match and start pumping up the crowd. Uh, sure. I figure out why. Uh, Cybernetico rips his shirt off and distracts the tag champions, and then they just walk off backstage. That would distract me. Yeah, it's like... Uh, Hey there, uh, Cibernetico. You're looking awfully buff and tan. You need me to oil your muscles? Uh, oil your pecs for you? Make you some tacos? <laughs> Good lord. Uh, but, I can say it. I'm fun. But either way, uh, Stone Cold then comes out and the British Bulldog jumps him. They start brawling as agents and refs run out to break them up. We get a Mike Sharp sighting. Awesome. Uh, excuse me. Iron Mike Just, Sharp? There you go. Oh, Show okay. some respect. And God rest his did, soul. And he did oil himself the F up. And according to, uh, I think it was Pritchard, he said he took like 10 showers a day. Well, I guess he was the cleanest guy to work with, right? Yeah, good for him, I guess. <laughs> At least he didn't stink. But Austin's finally taken backstage. In the end, Razor goes for the Razor's Edge on Bulldog. Owen hits a spinning wheel kick on him, and then Bulldog flips over for a jackknife cover to pin Razor and retain the titles. Jim Ross is beside himself. Uh, oh, because if people don't remember, he was trying to sort of be a heel at this time, and he brought in these guys, so, yeah. Stupid. Uh, 
Uncle Dave gave it two and a quarter stars. I thought oh this was God. <laughs> I don't know. I thought the actual rest, the distractions were stupid. I thought the wrestling itself was fine. I give it three stars. Would say you maybe two and a half. Are you high? I thought it was a decent tag match. Yeah. I gave it one. Man, this was terrible. Damn. I didn't think it was that effing bad. <laughs> but after the match. I mean, hey, we disagree. That's fine. Man, I just. Ugh. I watched them. Like, oh, now I'm starting to get that taste of it's time. <laughs> well, after the match, Stone Cold Steve Austin runs back in the ring and takes out Bulldog's left knee. We now go back to the AOL chat area. Uh, if you don't know what it is, Google it. Where the AOL is Dom- responsible for putting WCW under. But go on. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, Ironic, no? (laughs) Very. Uh, But uh, anyway, uh, the area has been taken over by the Nation of Domination. And now we go to Ahmed Johnson coming to the ring to be interviewed by Vince McMahon. Vince points out that at the Royal Rumble 97, Ahmed will take on Farouk. Johnson says that he's lost everything. Uh, that he had, and uh, he has all he has left is his fans. So now Farouk will feel his vengeance. Vince points out that Ahmed almost lost his life to a kidney disease, but uh, Ahmed says that he already lost his life a long time ago, and now all he's got is his fans to keep him alive. I, this did not this didn't make any sense. But the Nation of Domination theme interrupts him, and a spotlight shows that they're standing in the upper deck of the audience. Farouk claims that it's people like Ahmed Johnson and, quote, his people that are behind uh, that are or no uh, people like Ahmed Johnson that are setting, quote, his people behind for decades. He then yeah, calls kind of made no sense. I'm like, because they're both black. If you're saying it's like a white guy, OK, I get it. But well, are you like he, now dissimulating like there's a different kind of black? That made no sense to me. Like well, The overtones were stupid. <laughs> well, he well, it's like one black guy to another saying it's like, well, you're you're holding you're holding your own people back and, you know, and I'm trying to advance our people. And so it was one of them. And, and, and he furthers this by calling Ahmed an uncle Tom. And he drops a bunch of other racial stuff. When I think of Ahmed Johnson, I don't think uncle Tom, but whatever. Uh, I also Ahmed, remember, wasn't he the first black intercontinental champion? I think he was doing a lot for uh, black wrestlers, but whatever. Yeah, right. Well, granted, Ron Simmons did a lot for black wrestlers too. So it's just like this muscling, it made no sense to me. Like you both did a lot for, for black race wrestling. Yep. <sighs> just well, Ahmed challenges Farouk to come fight him right now and starts a chance of uh, starts a chant of you're going down. You're going down. <sighs> How stereotypical Brian, wrestler of him. Brian Myers still makes fun of that to this day. <laughs> uh, <sighs> good lord. But anyway, up next we get Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Defending the Intercontinental title against the Wild Man, Mark Marrow, with Sable in his corner. This goes for 13 minutes, 12 seconds. On commentary, McMahon and Jim Ross talk about Helmsley being court-martialed in military school, and McMahon acted aghast that someone would be such a bad person. It's an inside joke because as a child, McMahon was court-martialed in military school. (laughs) Uh, And he's from Greenwich, Connecticut. Yeah, right. So if you know, you know. But the ref gets bumped near the end, and Helmsley grabs the IC title, but Marrow blocks everything. The ref finally wakes up as Marrow hit Helmsley, uh, or has Helmsley pinned for like five seconds, 
and the ref wakes up to make the two count before Helmsley kicks out. They go outside while the ref still recovers, and Goldust comes out, grabs the Intercontinental belt, and hits Mark Marrow, and then Hunter Hearst Helmsley laying them both out before leaving. The ref starts a count, and Marrow recovers just in time to roll back in the ring and win. Roll back! Sorry. <laughs> but he doesn't get the title. Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I gave it an even three. What say you? I gave it two. Now, are we watching different shows? Or This is maybe the most split we've been in a while. I mean, the, the finish sucked, like, you know, the last match. But uh, all in all, I thought that uh, it was a good match. I don't know. I will say they have a better match, I believe, is in the archives. Maybe? No, we, co- no, we covered very Live where they're setting up the match the next night. They have a better match oh, okay. on the ball, I'll say. Yeah, they they had a few matches during this era. It was a ongoing thing, and I didn't like all of them, but some of them were fine. I'm a huge, I mean, Triple H is one of my all-time favorites, but I'm also a huge Mark Mero fan, at least at the time. But. I like Johnny D. Bad. That's yeah, not a popular. Yeah, I, opinion, like, I like the wild. I did too, but I like the Wild Man too. I thought it was fun. It was all right. I never understood why people didn't like him. And it wasn't my favorite, I'll say, but I don't know. Mero gets up now, though. Say what? I think he's a hell of a human being now. Oh, yeah. He's like a motivational oh. speaker and helping people, so good for him. Yep. But Mero gets upset about not winning the title and then rolls Helmsley in before signaling for it and hitting the wild thing, which it was his shooting star. When Hunter finally starts to walk to the back, Goldust runs out and drops him in the aisleway, beating him down again. He has to be helped out or helped to the back after this. We now go backstage with Doc Hendricks standing by with Psycho Sid wearing a backwards baseball cap. That was something. That's an inside uh, joke there. We'll move on, though. <laughs> uh, we see a clip from earlier in the day outside of the arena where Sid gets jumped by Shawn Michaels. Bret Hart helps bring it back, er, break it up, and then Sid beats him down from behind. Sid then, uh, we go back to the, uh, uh, the interview, and Sid says that Bret lost to Shawn. And Sid beat Sean like a dog, so it'll be easy for him to beat Brett. That is the logic. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's not bad logic, <laughs> I'll say that. But, and he has half the brain that you do. True, but, but I still wouldn't mess with him. Right. <laughs> uh, we now go to this. It is the Executioner with Paul Bearer <sighs> versus The Undertaker in Armageddon Rules. Goes for 11 and a half ask, minutes. Let me ask you a question, dude. When's the last time I... Or anybody, or you side at an Undertaker match. <laughs> yeah, he's had some doozies through the years, though. I'll say that. Uh, and this shouldn't be this bad, close considering. It's close to the top of it, though. I'll say that. Well, considering that that's Terry Gordy under the Executioner match, you wouldn't think this would be bad, but this was Terry Gordy after some health yeah, issues. So. I was going to say, you have to remember this is late in his life, Terry Gordy. Yeah. You know, we're sad. not talking about. Uh, Free birds versus Von Eric's in their prime, Gordy. Right. Or Japan, where he's suplexing and beating the crap out of everybody. Right. So. But this is basically just a Texas death match. When the Undertaker exposes the floor to go for a, a to drop the executioner on it, mankind runs out and tries to chop block the Undertaker, trips and falls on his face, and then <laughs> uh, pulls the Undertaker down by his leg. They brawl up to the stage, and the Undertaker throws mankind through the giant window of the house set. And then threw the door from the other direction. Yeah, it was cool. They were tearing that damn thing down. Uh, when they're in the ring, dorks and security shirts hit the ring and spray, <laughs> and spray mace in mankind's eyes. 
while he's being taken care of, the Undertaker takes the Executioner to the backstage area and out of the entire arena. In the ring, security strapped Mankind in a straitjacket and are leading him away. Undertaker finally tosses the Executioner into the outside fountain and then uh, back <sighs> and then comes back alone to uh, <laughs> to beat the piss out of Mankind. Executioner comes back, eats a tombstone. Referee moment, oh, and he makes the pin, and the referee momentarily forgets the rules of the match, and then he remembers, oh yeah, and he starts counting to ten. He starts get. That's how you know this was the end, because uh, he counts to ten and he declares Undertaker the winner. <sighs> Terry Gordy in a Texas Death Match that sucked. You'd never think it was possible, but here we go. It was a damn mess. Uncle Dave gave it two and a half stars. I gave it two because there was enough carnage to keep me interested. What say you? I, I, I gave it at first. I gave it one. I bumped it to two. I was like, oh, I did have fun watching it at least. There's some fun stuff. And you can't really give a match a dud if you at least enjoyed something. So I gave it two. Mankind had to get involved just to add well, something to you this. You say that, but I think that might have been one of the saving graces of it. Uh, but, <laughs> well, no, I, was, I wasn't saying that ironic. Uh, like, like he had to get involved to make oh, this okay, somewhat okay. possible. In that, in that regard, I agree, yes. Yeah. If you had to have something else in this. Right. Because yes. uh, otherwise, it would have been even this worse. This would have been a better two-on-one handicap match or something, you know? But Right. Well, The Undertaker exits through the crowd before we go back to Doc Hendricks, standing by with Bret Hart. We see a clip of that fight on Superstars earlier yet again. Uh, Brett said that he only stepped in to stop Shawn Michaels from ruining his chance to take on Sid tonight. Shawn's music hits and interrupts the interview, but Brett refuses to yield his time. He says he's sick to death of hearing about Shawn Michaels, and now it's about Sid, not Shawn. And after tonight's match, Brett will be more than happy to take out Shawn. We now go back to the arena and see Shawn Michaels enter into the arena, pose and sit at the commentary table to join Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler, and Vince McMahon. And that takes us to our next break. Right before the Real quick, I want to say something about what you just mentioned, like Brett and Sean feeding. Yeah. I may be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure their next match is Montreal. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's kind of ironic, right? right? You see them fight for a year. That's insane. Well, and comments you uh, comments I'm going to mention after the main event here. It's like, yeah, I could see where Uncle Dave would get this, but uh, we'll talk about that all on the other side of this break right here. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram both at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. K-A-S-T hey, the ending. Hey, it's alright Good on you yeah. Instagram also At the Broadcast Podcast Remember we don't spell it With a C We spell it with a K Slowly mate 
Take it easy. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Main event time. Psycho Sid defends the WWF World's Heavyweight title against Bret Hart in 17 minutes and four seconds. On commentary, Michaels made semi-shoot comments about Brett being arrogant and also tore into Sid, saying that he'd be nothing if guys like him weren't carrying him every night. Yikes. About halfway through the match. Yeah, he was kind of a brat. Well, not kind of. He was a brat. You're uh, keeping a a PG. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. About halfway through the match, Bret Hart is outside of the ring while the ref is distracted. Stone Cold Steve Austin dashes out to the ring and chop blocks Brett. Asians hit the ring and grab Austin before British Bulldog and Owen Hart run out to attack him. They finally break it up and take everyone to the back as Brett limps into the ring. Sid seems confused, which is probably his normal. Shocker. Um, <laughs> and he asks if Brett's hurt before attacking him. Why would you ask, are you hurt? And then you just beat the piss out of him. <laughs> like, you wanted to okay. make sure you know, he was hitting the right spot. I'm, I don't know. Right. But later on, outside of the ring, Brett and Sid fight over near commentary. Sean stands up, and Sid pie-faces him before getting back in the ring. Uh, Sean gets on the apron just as Sid throws Brett into him and then hits a powerbomb on Brett for the pinfall win. Uncle Dave and I both gave it three stars. I thought it was a pretty decent match for Sid. What say you? I gave it three as well. Match of the night. Which I don't think yeah. we've said about a main event in a long time on the show, by the way. Uh, right. Well, it is Bret Hart, so... Hey, Sid's best matches came with, you know, guys who could actually freaking work. I, I, I love, you know, you and I talk about we love um, Kevin Nash, but he wasn't actually, he wasn't exactly one for carrying people. And uh, Sid was a heavy load, so... And I like Sid, too. We talked about that, but... He was never going to put on a great match unless he had somebody to be there and carry him, kind of like what Sean said. 
But after the match, we can see that Brett's nose is bleeding. He gets out of the ring and socks Shawn Michaels in the face before pulling his shirt up over his head and beating him up like a hockey player. After Brett takes off to the back, Shawn eventually gets up and starts flipping out in anger. He almost even punches fans as he walks to the backstage. Sid, who is supposed to be the heel, starts fist bumping fans and celebrating. I love that. I, I mean, it was cool. He was clearly over, but still, it's just funny. I compare uh, it to like what's going on today with guys like Seth Rollins. I think they're just like, screw it. They're not going to boom. Right. <laughs> like he, he's the, keep in mind, he's the heel and he's fist bumping fans. Sean is the baby face and he, not, he nearly gets into a fight with a guy in the front row. Yep. And we're still not, what is this, December? We're eight months away from Sean officially turning heel. Keep in mind. <laughs> yep. Well, Sean comes back and grabs a commentary headset to tell Brett that he's a punk and he's going to kick his teeth down his throat. So, to wrap up here, this event featured some technical difficulties during the show, and those who ordered the event on DirecTV, Request TV, and Viewer's Choice were allowed to watch the broadcast again days later. Uh, how uh, beware of dog of them. Uh, dude, there was a problem with their technical stuff, too, at Barry Live a couple months prior, remember? So I forget about that, yeah. Good grief. It's always Sean. <laughs> it's something about Sean Michaels. Yeah, because they all of this was in 1996, by the way, because Bureau of Dog was in 96, too. Now so it's like, wow, that was right. That was a bad year for production. Yep. Well, if uh, they kept mentioning it on Peacock, I, I had no idea that it was going on. So, but uh, Uncle Dave says that WWF's latest in your house pay per view was fine, but nothing special. It was basically just a throwaway show. Sid kept the, the title. You could have said. Right. Uh, Sid kept the title, which sets up Sean to win at the Royal Rumble next month in his hometown, which then should lead to Michaels versus Hart at WrestleMania 13. Well, yeah, about about that. Not exactly. But that takes us to our final break of the show. When we come back, we're going to tell you final ratings and what's to come on the podcast next week. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram both at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports.
the main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gave this 5.8 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 4.78 out of 10. Uh, I mean, I think I'm I'm gonna give it a 6.5 out of 10 for C minus D plus. Uh, what say you? D plus, <laughs> it passed. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't know. I I didn't think it was the crappiest crap that ever crapped. Like we talked about before, we've we have covered worse stuff, and we will. So, yes. Uh, looking ahead. We, yes, we we will. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I built this up because I just kept hearing like horrible things about this. I think people are a little too harsh on it. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It It's time. It's, I don't even think this is the worst in your house. I can think of way worse. Uh, than this no, one. that would be that uh, the one where Goldust debuted. I believe the whole one sucked. Was that the one? Uh, maybe. October that... 1995. I want to say that was the one. Yeah, it sounds like that's that sounds right. Uh, Seasons beatings. I don't remember being great. I think that was the one it was called. Uh, the one in December of '95. For that, I think that was uh, the hog pen match. Yeah. Wow. What could go wrong with that? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And there were there were a few with Mabel. That you know, like near well, the top no, of the card. Let me stop you there. They were all with Mabel that sucked. Well, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember which one it was. It was him versus Yokozuna. When Yoko was, it, was... Uh, the second one, the Lumberjacks. Ah, uh, that was probably it. Because I believe the yeah. first one, Russell Adam bombed and getting the King of the Rings. So I want to say it was the second one. Okay. Yeah, I just remember like obviously Mabel sucked and Yoko was fairly immobile by that point. So, uh, God, it was just two big meaty men smacking meat. <laughs> but that does it for it's time. Finally got that one out of the way. Uh, but we are moving Next on. Next time, Feeney, you and me. Texas death match. Loser leaves town. Good Lord. Uh, I, rem- I did not notice until I was going through, actually, and I'll talk about it here because uh, it's a bonus show coming up. I was going through news in 95, and that's when Vader was on Boy Meets World. It was in, it was in 1995. He had multiple appearances. People act like he was just a one and done. He had like three appearances, I want to say. Yeah. Two for sure. Uh, I know for sure. Man, I remember when Mankind was on there when they went to college. Yeah. He, like randomly burst through the wall and he's like, "Where am I?" I freaking uh, love that. Him and him and Matt Lawrence were debating. I think which Backstreet Boy was the cutest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, know why man. it still gets me this day. I thought Nick was a cute one. <laughs> oh man, so so many good memories. The bonus show, speaking of 1995, we've messed some things around. I've, I have, like, changed my mind, like, five times on the schedule. So uh, we're going back. We're actually doing an, another, like, news-centric episode. And, yeah, we're traveling back to the year 1995 for— Oh, there's a twist. Yes, this one, we're going back for extreme championship wrestling. So instead of this week in ECW, it'll be more like this year in ECW. So I agree to do this, but uh, I want no credit for this whatsoever. But yeah, 
Well, hold on to your asses for this one. I didn't realize this until I was going through setting up some stuff for the show. Apparently, a lot of people really liked ECW 95. And some people that were analyzing it said, well, uh, WWF and WCW weren't exactly doing anything great in 95. And then you got ECW along coming along being the different you know, organization. They're doing something that nobody else is doing. So uh, they came along at just the right time. I guess. I don't know. But we'll talk about it all. We're going to run down the news throughout the entire year of 95 for ECW, as well as kind of talking about their big major shows and all that. Uh, I ha- I am halfway through our notes, and uh, it- it's very Sabu heavy. I'll say that. And it- <laughs> Sorry. What the heck? Um, but anyway... That is coming up this Friday for the bonus show, and that's dropping just a few days before Christmas. And then the next time we speak to all of you after that, it will be December 28th. We're closing out the entire year with WCW Starcade 1992. Yes, it is officially WCW now. Ted Turner owns the product. It. Uh, uh, you said you watched it all, and uh, well, I guess we'll keep your 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 thoughts on it until next week but uh it's it's i'm i'm judging by the way you talked about it it's a show oh yeah <laughs> ah well yikes anyway uh yikes. happy hanukkah happy hanukkah to all of our listeners out there by the way this is night three uh if you're listening to us now so have us on in the background while you're lighting the menorah and all that good stuff that's the only Hanukkah tradition I know about. I don't know if there's anything else they do every night, but there you go. But thank you all for tuning in and listening. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yeah, sure. Garbage. And <laughs> we'll see you all <laughs> next week. Actually, we'll see you all this Friday with our bonus show on ECW 95. And next week with Starcade 92. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas.